0: Welcome into episode five of the Fullport Podcast. Today's episode brought to you by Beverly Grant Inc. On today's show, Josh and the gang sit down with vice presidents from Beverly Grant Inc., Alan Peel and Chris Smith.
1: Here's Josh and the gang. Hey, this is Josh Howard, T.P. Howard's Plumbing. On today's podcast, I'll introduce Alan Peel and Chris Smith. Both are vice presidents of Beverly Grant. T.P. Howard's Plumbing has worked for Beverly Grant for 39 years. I think one of the first jobs Pat got was with BG yep so chris let's start with you give us the morning routine the the whole morning
0: routine morning routine uh one of the best inventions in our house is the alexa because that I mean, i don't want to yell out to the kids i can just airdrop right in on them so i start with a 16 year old airdrop on her and usually that uh consists of trying to decide if she's even hearing me yet wake the other two up and then go back to the 16 year old to make sure she's up and getting ready um so i take her to school but that's about to end because she got her driver's license yesterday <clears throat> uh which is a little surreal did you get a car uh we've got a car it's getting tires and brakes today or oh. tomorrow
2: <laughs> so once that happens she could she the killed, mildew uh, cleaned out of, it's been, mildew, it's, been of it's
0: been sitting at the shop for a few years <laughs> she tried to borrow her mom's car last night and she wasn't having it but uh so I'd, i help get the kids up i'm usually the first one up in the house and then uh just get myself ready usually as i'm hopping in the shower my 16 year old strolls in because she's forgotten something up there in her bathroom borrowing her mom's makeup and we're a family of five so a little chaotic but uh Drop her off at Robertson and head into the office.
1: What about the boys? We got uh, one
0: well, one boy. Yeah, one boy. So uh, Cameron, my wife, she tutors at their school. Okay. So she takes them to, to school in the morning. I deal with the high schooler. <laughs> you deal with the high schooler? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right, Alan. Well, I'm kind of like Chris. Uh, in fact, we're, we're next-door neighbors these days, but uh... – <laughs> Um, I've got a ninth grader and a sixth grader and one of mine's smart enough to unplug the Alexa. So (laughs) unlike Chris, I still have to go upstairs and rattle the cage to get one of them out of the bed. But, um, we're, uh, we've got both of our kids in four person carpools each. So it's usually scrambling to get them out of the door and to their, uh, pickup points or running carpool. And, uh, both of them are going to school up. Up in uh, Woodfin, so it's about a thirty-minute drive uh, in the morning. But good time to drink a cup of coffee and think about what's coming about uh, for the rest of the day.
1: So, Chris, the first time I ever met you, and people that are listening to this, we were late. We were playing golf at Broadmoor in a Ferguson tournament, and Pat <laughs> Maybe said you, you should
0: stop there. No, it's not that bad.
1: <laughs> 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 but we. <laughs> Pat says, "You got to come play with these guys. You got to meet these guys." I was still in the field then, and so we, you know, I don't know where we started, <laughs> and I don't know if we finished, but we cut across. If you've been to Broadmore, what I can't, I don't know what holes they are, but you cut across and it's it's thick. It's like two feet high, and so you and I, we cut across through there. You were driving, <laughs> and hit about an eighteen-inch log. <laughs> And this is my first experience. Everything had been real, you know, good at right. that point. Right. And we hit that log, clubs, everything else. Made it across the log, though. <laughs> yeah. All the beer flew out of the cool I not don't, I don't know if there was any beer left <laughs> yeah. at that point. Maybe time. not. <laughs> Wasted ice.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, background. Chris, where'd you grow up? Yeah, so uh, born and raised here in Asheville. Uh, went to Roberson. Uh, my parents, uh, my dad went to Mars Hill. He grew up in Weaverville, and I think his uh, M.O. was to go to college as close to home. My mom grew up in Miami, and she wow. wanted to go to college to the closest place where it snowed. So <laughs> she ended up at Mars Hill, met my dad. Um, I don't know that he had been south at South Carolina when she met him. Uh, <laughs> but she took him to Florida and, and couldn't get rid of him after that. So <clears throat> fortunate enough to be born
2: and raised here. Alan, Well, I'm a... Eastern North Carolina boy from uh, Wilson, North Carolina, Flatlander, and uh, all my family's from there. Uh, moved Moved away to a little town called Reedsville, uh, just north of Greensboro. Kind of middle school years went through high school there. Um, my mom was a special ed teacher uh, to start off, and, and my dad was a. Um, uh, plant manager for a coupon redemption company uh, back in the 80s when that was popular. When you used to clip off the UPC codes and mail it in and get a free toothbrush or a Shick razor <laughs> or something like that came in the mail. But those days are long gone. But uh, yeah, and then um, lived in Reedsville and ended up going to college at Wake Forest. Met my wife there that's about the time that I met Chris I think that was in 96 95 96 he was still in high school and <laughs> I'm sure that story's coming next
1: so let's let's go where'd you go to college Chris <laughs> so I went to NC State all
2: right now
1: <clears throat> give us a story how you're in
0: how you're connected to Beverly grant sure so I'm I the ho- the whole story the whole story all right Met Cameron, uh, my wife, uh, when I was in, I think I was in eighth grade when I met Cameron at a dance competition in Myrtle Beach. (laughs) And she was a year older than me, and my mom was quizzing her about how bad is Robertson Chris goes there next year. There are people doing drugs and getting naked in the hallways when nobody's looking, all this. And so my sister, my uh, Cameron kind of gave her the lowdown of of what was going on at Robertson. We didn't start dating until a little bit my summer of my junior year um and then got pretty serious the summer after my senior year but the summer of my junior year is when i met alan Um, and the reason all this is relevant is our sis or our uh, wives are sisters and their dad is the second generation of, of beverly grant rick grant um so I was in I was in school for civil engineering at NC State. knew I wanted to get into some level of construction management. Um, when I graduated, uh, I worked for a highway construction company uh, down that was doing a big job outside of uh, Raleigh. And the way that happened about is when I was a sophomore, I decided that Cameron was staying down east for summer, and therefore I wanted to as well. And my parents said, "That's great, you're." paying for everything if you're gonna stay there during the summer so my roommate had gotten a job offer from a company in Durham that was the highway company I eventually went to work for but he had to be at work at 6 in the morning every morning for the entire summer and he was like I'm not doing that and I said man sign me up that's the only way I can (laughs) stay here so that's where I learned how to get up early I had to leave at 530 in the morning drive to the job site and pretty much do manual labor for highway construction all through uh college and actually got offered a job by them uh right before i graduated that I ended up taking but um rick grant would start saying to alan and i and i'll let him get into beginnings of his career in a little bit you know man i'd be sure would be nice if y'all were gonna have kids and all that have my grandkids close by in Asheville, and we were both moving up the ladder at our respective uh places of employment you know early in our career and love the idea of living in Asheville. but there obviously had to be an opportunity here at a professional level that made sense and um we went from half joking about it to getting real serious uh one weekend uh we were out of town at allen's family had a beach house over at uh, hatteras and we had an honest sit down meeting with, with Rick Grant <laughs> about what a, a future in Asheville could look like for us and Alan, maybe I'll let you know. what from what there.
1: Year? I was 04? That
0: was probably, I moved back here in December of 04. <clears throat> we kind of decided, and I won't still thunder from what Alan might say, but we decided it, it made sense at some point and Rick was real careful to say, I, I don't want to bring you guys in, you know, newbies I'd like for y'all to cut your teeth elsewhere and we'll bring you in at that point point. and Rick got to where he needed to hire somebody and I was on my way to do a bridge demo on night shift and I'd already worked 12 hours that day <laughs> met Cameron at the mall in Durham for dinner at the food court said see ya, and I was on my way back to the job site for the second half of a 24 hour shift and Rick called and I answered and he said just think about this, take some time, but I think I need to hire an assistant project manager and it might as well be you. And I was like, man, I will come tomorrow, I'm ready. <laughs>
1: did, did you go to the night so, shift? No, I did go to night <laughs> shift,
0: finish that out. But I think that was probably in uh, August or September of '04, and I was living in Asheville in December. So, no on,
2: okay. And yeah. I was uh, at, at Wake Forest, met my wife Colby there, uh, we dated all the way th- really through college. Uh, she was going into medicine, and uh, for a year, she's a year older than I am. For a year, uh, she had graduated and went to Raleigh to uh, to work there, kind of a gap year at a, a chemistry lab. Of course, Chris was at state, and at the time, Chris's wife, Cameron, was at Wake Forest with me to complicate the situation. So. It was kind of awkward there for a minute because Cameron was hanging out with me. I was dating her sister. Chris was in Raleigh hanging out with my now wife, and everybody thought we were kind of had something weird going on in the family there.
0: All was, in the family, man. There was a lot
2: of carpooling going back and forth from Winston to Raleigh, but it uh, made for some good weekends. But, um Yeah, we, my wife and I, we moved to Norfolk, Virginia while she was in medical school there and then out to Denver, Colorado for, for residency. And all during that time, I was a economics major. I'd never seen a set of blueprints, never built anything in my life. And, um, I was a commercial loan officer at both of those places in Norfolk and, and, uh, Colorado and, we started talking about moving back to north carolina to start a family and uh and do that kind of thing of course i knew chris and like you said we were chatting about uh coming to Asheville and what opportunities there there might be and yeah, it quickly turned into maybe there was a home for for both of us there but uh funny thing was is um i was hired to be a I guess, a business development guy because I didn't know anything about estimating or <laughs> blueprints. And I showed up in 2006 and uh, saw about six months of construction, and then it all stopped. So there was no business <laughs> no development business to, develop. <laughs> to do for a couple years. So that's when I got my on-the-job training was, well, I guess, 06 to probably about 2012 when that rode its course and uh, kind of off we went. But Yep.
1: Yeah, I came in here at 07, ready to go. Had about six months of, this is awesome, you know, we're gonna make money, and then it was over, no doubt. <laughs> right? And we just lost money, <laughs> no doubt, for several years. Um, so let's get into Beverly Grant. What do you see? And and we've talked about this. We had a meeting earlier this week, but you know, the challenges that, that B&G's facing? And we're, and we're all facing, but specifically you you guys, what are, what are you facing?
0: You know, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> Pat, you and Josh were in our conference room just uh, earlier last week, just having a, a round table with some key uh, trade partners that we do a lot of business with. And we got labor shortages facing all of us, nobody interested in getting into the trades. So that's not going to get any better. That's not a short-term problem. Um, And then on top of that, you got the whatever term you want to put on it, the supply chain, the escalation, inflation, interest rates going up, and it's kind of created this perfect storm of COVID happens. Coincidentally, I think our area has benefited from an immigration standpoint because of COVID. So instead of things slowing down, they actually sped up you got a higher demand for for product, the lesser supply, you don't have anybody to do the work and prices are just through the roof, not 5 10 15% but 20 30 40% more right. than what we were all spending for the exact same thing, you know, 3 4 years ago. So our our biggest challenge uh, Beverly Grant has evolved through the years of being going from a general contractor that we had masons on staff we had uh drywall crews framing crews several laborers and over time and the recession kind of was the nail in the coffin of it the hourly um, labor that we could instead subcontract out uh just didn't make sense for companies like beverly grant to maintain and so when we subcontract everything we're at the mercy of those subcontractor prices you guys are at the mercy of the market And it's just created this perfect storm of trying to explain to clients why
2: things are double what they used to cost. Right. I might take a a little bit of a different perspective on not necessarily the current uh, situation, but how we got here. And that there's lots of parallels, I think, Josh, to Chris and I and you and Jake. I mean, coming into a family business with a lot of history and legacy behind you and, and somebody before you that, kind of pave those ways be it your employees or or Pat and Barbara but um, business is different today than it was 20 years ago and Chris and I saw that through the recession and just kind of realized that uh, you know we had to had to look at things a little differently you guys have involved your business and branched out and we kind of use the term casting a broader a bigger net out there you know making ourselves more visible and marketing and doing podcasts and whatever those things might be just to kind of brand yourself differently and not just like tp howard was uh you know for a long time beverly grant was kind of a well old machine too and it just happened but uh times have changed a lot of that The, the loyalty and the the kind of relationship um aspects that are inherent in business that are so important are cultivated a lot differently today I think than than the way they were uh, generations ago and I know we've put a lot of emphasis on that and it's it's helped us through these times for sure of navigating really difficult decisions and conversations with you guys or other subs or vendors and um Finding the work to keep us all busy. I mean, that's we've been very, very fortunate in that regard. Well,
1: I think with you guys, especially, is open line of communication. We didn't really have that, or, and, and still don't have it with with some people. But just being able to say, "Hey, this is where we are." I mean, it's not because we're here; it's because of this is you know, our suppliers have brought us to this point, and being able to say that is, is big. Um, um, you know, and having a you know having a beer and saying, "Hey, well, that's not gonna work." you know, for you guys. Well, that's all we can do.
0: And not only saying that, but knowing <clears throat> whether it's Beverly Grant saying to TP Howard's, this doesn't work. Here's why. Are you telling us here's why the price is what it is? And, and we can't do anything about it. There's a history of trust that has been developed, not only with, with Pat and Barber's generation, but now with Alan and I and, and Josh and Jake that we, we know you're, you're being transparent and honest when you tell us something. And yeah, as we've, Alan and I have reflected on growth opportunities coming out of the recession, it was a deliberate decision to not have growth be, let's open a field office in Knoxville, Tennessee, or Greenville, South Carolina, yeah. or the triad. But instead, we kind of put all our chips in the Western North Carolina side of the table banked on it being a growing area and that has paid off and and
2: i just know we we heard so many stories about our wise grandfather that started the company in 1955 and people in this town you know, back then he was a residential builder primarily before he met george beverly but uh you know people are proud to say that they own a bob grant built house and and market that you know, and and uh, I think for both of us, there's been pressure to to not screw that up, but at the same time to be good stewards of of we say that brand, that shield, that logo, whatever that reputation that's there, and you got to treat people. These are tough times again, and you you got to do business the right way, and and for people to be proud that. Pat Howard and T.P. Howard is their plumber of choice, and Beverly Grant is their contractor of choice, and that's for a reason, and you've earned it,
1: right? Definitely. So, I mean, I think that. So, what? And I, and I feel this way, but what sets you apart? What do you do that we don't see on the front end of getting these jobs that we're able to plumb? What sets you apart
0: in that way? I. I think Alan was the the first to to kind of say it in the war room one day with all of our project management staff of you know the the day that we're winning jobs solely on being the best price option when the plans are done everything's figured out and you low bid it that that level of service is a different skill set than necessarily what Beverly Grant provides so We have the ability and the expertise and we structure our business this way to take a client from sitting at a table like we are right now, having a beer and doing a napkin sketch of something they'd like to have built one day to helping them navigate through that entire process, whether it be budget checks along the way so they know what it's going to cost helping them find a design team that makes sense for their needs using Alan's expertise in banking to, to help them come up with with how to borrow the money even as is a service that that we've had before but the kind of way to put a ribbon around all of that that Alan has has said before is th- we have to provide a level of service and a, a plus one to the client that they don't get going elsewhere and the minute that plus one goes away we become a status quo General contractor, and at that point, price is the only thing that matters.
2: We try to, that. yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, I read a book one time, this famous book, uh, "How to Win Friends and Influence People," and the premise of that book is nothing more than ninety percent of the population likes to talk about themselves when they when they meet a stranger, instead of listening and engaging with them, and and, and letting everybody wants to feel good about themselves and, and talk about their families and what they're doing well. And, and yeah, you you can take that really simple uh, point and apply it to business. You know, you go out and you meet with a client and and if you can make them feel like you're interested in what they need, instead of telling them all about yourself and what you're great at, it, it leaves people with a different impression. And the plus one, I have no idea where that came from. I wish I could give somebody credit for it, but I, that's a culture that we've tried to instill with our employees that we we engage with our employees with a plus one we're, we're asking them things that they're not expecting to be asked we're treating them in ways they're not expecting to be treated and we tell our employees when they call Josh Howard or Jake and they need something or a client asks them a question answer the question and give them something more than they were expecting and the result of that is pretty simple. It's a, there's a wow factor, whether you realize it or not. I got something of value out of it I wasn't expecting, and I just think that's a principle in life that carries people, you know, pretty far on a lot of levels.
1: I've
0: never heard that, but that's awesome. There
2: yeah. you go. You yeah. should have trademarked that out. Plus right. one. Plus one. Was that you? That was you in the world? I had an and one one time. Not, <laughs> there you go. What well, gets you the stride as cool as plus one? If I have a shoe line that says plus yeah. one, I don't think I'll go very far with that. <laughs> Sweatband, plus <laughs> that's one. Sweatband, yeah. So where do you see,
1: you know, we, we all have hopes and dreams, and we'll talk about that more in a minute with your jet, Chris, but – where do we see, where do we see Beverly Grant going? You know, what, in the next five, ten years, what, what are you trying to? do? You talked about you want to concentrate on West North Carolina, and we had the opportunity to go to Charleston in the, in the Low Country, and we even got a, we set up stuff, and just one day it was like we were talking, and just decided it was no, we're gonna yeah. stick right here and, and take care of who we have.
2: Yeah, it's like what Chris said, uh, it's tempting to want to go to Knoxville, to Greenville, to other areas and do more and do more and do more. And I think we've decided that for our family and our employees and their family, we just want to do better. And we can do better in, in our market, which is our 828 area code, in Western North Carolina. There's plenty here. There's been plenty here for us for generations. And again, if our net is is big enough that we're getting the phone call and the opportunity and we do our job right uh we're going to be just fine and have a have a, a a good living and our employees will be floated by the same tide and um and and at the same time be proud of the brand that was created for us and hopefully if there's somebody in our future whether it's a one of our kids or an employee or somebody else that wants to carry that on that there's something there for them to carry on uh that'll set them up for success too yep. so chris tell us about your
1: jet
0: <laughs> so you, you and i have had conversations <laughs> well I'll, I'll go ahead and say this alan's going to look at a property in conway south carolina tomorrow for one of our clients, and he will not be flying. He'll oh. be windshield <laughs> timing it. Nine, nine hours. Nine hours. Time. I told him I said, jet. "I said you're going to want to leave early enough to get through Columbia before rush hour. So you either got to leave at five or wait till eight. <laughs> and he kind of just looked at me and we both said, is the jet not available? <laughs> no. It would be nice, but uh, we've sat here and talked about why it's important to do work uh in the 828 area code i don't think we need a jet for that yeah Yeah. i think we you know everybody used to
1: they're still asking me what's your as, as we grow and we have different divisions and that kind of thing they say well what's your goal and we get to a conversation. I said, "Ultimately, I want a jet." And They said, "Where are you going to fly it?" I said, "I don't know yet."
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, my my goal is that TP Howard's gets enough
2: work from us where they can buy a jet. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah we take Just get buses. it. Get get two extra seats on it. That's yeah, right. right. Get a six. Get an eight. And we'll we'll go and tow with you.
1: So before we end this thing up, I got to tell a story. So I was in the field maybe I don't know thirteen years ago, and I was running a service call. And I went to a Miss Grant's house and I had no clue. You know, I'm in just getting into the business and I fixed her disposal and go to the truck, write up an invoice, go back in the house, I'm like, okay, now it's it's time to pay. And uh and she says you know, she kinda walks away and I'm like, Well, here we go, you know. And it is Miss Grant of Beverly Grant. And it's who's was it Robert Grant the the founder of Beverly Grant's you know wife and uh, these guys mother-in-law Marsha <laughs> I, I think called the office didn't call me but called the office and the office called me and said you just need
2: to leave <laughs> <laughs> you've embarrassed us enough yeah, for the day yeah so what? probably was about a $70 invoice <laughs> At the den, I'm sure it was it wasn't anything you know <laughs> You're lucky she didn't try to feed you while you were there. I think she did. She probably did.
1: I went there several times after that, and <laughs> she always was super nice. And What drives your work ethic? And we're in a group, and they're going to give you hell about that later. Right.
0: <laughs> I, you know, uh, like a lot of people, it might sound cliche, but it's, it's the honest truth. My dad, I mean, he from the time we were little, he was always one of these. He still is to this day. Sometimes it it even drives me crazy. I mean, he follows through to the nth degree. He's uh, a real estate agent now with Beverly Hanks that's worked with both Josh and Jake more than once. He's super <laughs> particular. But I say a lot of times, I'd, a lot of my drive and, and what I learned that, that is meaningful came from him. And then I I got lucky and, it, and I've had a lot of luck uh, throughout my career, and including the opportunity even with Beverly Grant on many levels. but. That job I had at NC State, knowing the only way I was going to stay down there for summers was to keep a job the where I made enough money to pay my own way, it it instilled in me, uh, look, we get here at six, and my dad told me, he said, beat your boss in and don't leave till he's gone. And I did that, and there were a lot of 12- and 16-hour days because of that. <clears throat> but uh learned that, hoping to kind of instill that in your employees and and let them know that you don't have to have to be there just to be there but but make it be an enjoyable place to come to work and and do what's right and always do the right thing and you'll be successful if you if you keep that at the forefront of what you're doing
2: I'll look you back at my first career in, in banking and, and uh, doing loans and I learned uh, real quickly from two very different uh, experiences. Uh, one employer, my first job that I had for four years in, in Norfolk w- was somebody that was nurturing, that gave me an opportunity, that did e- went out of their way to help me be successful. And I was, and then when we moved out to Colorado, I did the same job with a different employer that was totally different, was opportunistic, uh, capped my opportunities, held me down, was very uh, seniority and ladder driven. And and that for me taught me mu- as much about what I didn't want to do in life and how I didn't want to run a business uh, than anything. I was, I quickly realized that being a good person and and doing good business, sometimes like shooting fish in a barrel. I heard you say the other day, you just got to answer your phone sometimes and you got to ask for work and you got to be a nice person. You got to be humble and transparent. And when you're willing to do a little bit, something extra that the next guy is not willing to do, it it comes pretty easily by and large. And so for me, you know, today at Beverly grand, it's as much about, about, uh, about that. I want to be that, that employer, that person, you know, just like Rick Grant has been to us or his dad was to him, I suspect, that um, are, are remembered for running a company and doing business the right way and having that reputation. And if that's all I have at the end of the day. I'll, I'll be just fine with that. But
0: I think what, at the end of the day, too, whether it's subcontractors like T.P. Howers that we work with or our clients, it we had kind of a roundtable table brainstorming at Beverly Grant a few years ago at a, at a leadership training level and one of the neat things that came out of that is we all like to enjoy ourselves and make a good living but that wasn't the root of what Beverly Grant existed to do and and Rick Grant made it clear that that dating back to his dad instilled in him to always do the right thing and he instilled that in Alan and I as we were coming up through the business and there are decisions we make every day at Beverly Grant that we don't have to make, but we leave money on the table and we view it as an investment in doing the right thing and an investment in future work and relationships.
2: Hit the single and come up, back up to bat. There you go. Keep coming up to bat. Keep coming back up to yeah. bat. Keep playing the game. Is that – my next question was,
1: what drives you? But I <laughs> think you answered that You know, right there. Yeah. Um. Anything else? It's been awesome. I couldn't ask for more.
2: No, we great. we appreciate the relationship, and like I said, it's been it's been awesome to come up through the last fifteen twenty years of you guys, and um, you know, I mean, we're sitting jostle from each other. What's working? What's not working? And right, and that's hey, we're all in it together.
1: Yeah. So, but we're sitting under a porch that Chris just now saw today <laughs> that, that, that Beverly Grant finished, which a whole office in addition and a porch, but in, in 2020, February of 20. So we built this big office, they did, and then COVID hit, and we hadn't had to get to use it. So we're finally getting some people out here, and I appreciate everything, all the work and the relationship, um, and that's,
0: the, that's a wrap. Keep pounding. And that puts a wrap on episode five of the Fullport Podcast. We'll be back next week with another full episode. Make sure you check us out on social media. Just head to Facebook.com or Instagram or any of the other platforms and look up T.P. Howard's Plumbing. Also, make sure you click a like on the podcast and also give us a follow. And we'll look forward
2: to seeing you next time.